Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. All right, John, we're plowing our way through winter here. We're, I yeah. mean, heck, I was just, I was excited the other day. Went outside about, about 5.30 and... You know, I was able to work outside for like 30 minutes before it got dark, man. I'm like, it's already starting to stay lighter a little bit. That's encouraging to me. It's been a cold winter, though. I mean, it it's, I mean, we haven't had any brutal cold, but it's, I mean, it got above it's, 65 it's this chilly. week for the first time, I think, in probably a month and a half. Yeah, while so, I was working, of yeah. course. That's right. <laughs> and that's the weekends right, yeah. are always cold. That's so. right. Yeah, but you're right. You're plowing on through it, though. You know, we're, we're starting to see a little bit, a little bit of the light at the end of the tunnel. With the weather, and I think, um, you know, I think the same is true with uh, the pandemic. You know, yeah. the vaccine's rolling out. Um, Slower than anticipated. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but uh, still, we've had like 13 million people vaccinated so far. Yeah. And uh, I think that's positive. We've got sports, uh, yeah. football, college football's round up, ramp, ramp down. Yes. It's over, yes. but they still goodness. got the NFL playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and golf, uh, the Masters is is on to track, but they're going to have is. less patrons. Yes, so, they're going to have a few patrons out there, but not many, yeah. apparently. I don't know what percentage, but uh, yeah, we're, we're excited. Yeah, yeah, spring is right around the corner. Just think spring. <laughs> there you go. We got the inauguration, of course, going on, went on this week, and um, you know, I mean, it was just a non-event like we kind of expected it to be. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, you know, markets continue to, to, to plow forward. I mean, it's been a great January. We'll see how the uh, the month ends up. But, goodness, what a what a three-month run here. Yeah, it's been a remarkable run in the stock market. And it's been this great rotation from, you know, from growth stocks to value and to small. And, um, you know, and all indications are that's going to continue because interest rates are rock bottom and, you know, probably going to trend up at some point in the future. So, you know, very interesting stuff going on in the financial world. And so, of course, we're going to talk about that. And speaking of finances, um, you know, we're going to we're going to cover a big topic here, kind of the whole show. And that is Joe Biden's policies and how they're going to impact your money, how they're going to impact your finances. Yeah, it's from the Ramsey organization. Very well written. Some some really good detail. It's not political at all. Right. This is a disclaimer. It's not right. a political discussion. It is the projections of what he's going to uh, implement. And, uh, you know, when, when it's implemented, we got to figure out how to manage. It's one of the things advisors do and CPAs and attorneys, right? They look at the laws and they make adjustments. Yeah, exactly. So you want to know what you can do to, to kind of adjust your finances going forward. If there's anything you need to do, maybe nothing, but we're going to dig into that and we're going to, we're going to help you determine that today. So stay tuned. So, but by the way, I'm Steve Marbert and I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 25 years experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, you can go to our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. You can listen to it from your computer, download it to your iPhone or uh, you know, whatever device you're using out there and listen to us later. Uh, we have quite a few people listening to us, which is good. I think um, the educational bend of what we're doing is is important for people to hear, you know, facts and truths and so forth. So check that out. Also have a lot of good tools on the website. And uh, we have a Facebook page as well. We put a prescription of the week. And I think Matthew's doing that this week. Yeah, that's right. You can also link to us off the website. Send us your questions. We will talk about those right here on the show. 
All right. Well, that leads up here to our fact of the week. Yeah, this uh, comes from the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of New York. And um, Steve, you know, about 43% of recent college graduates uh, with jobs um, under the age of 28 that were surveyed in September of 2020, they're working in jobs that typically do not require a college degree. So mm, almost yeah. half now, this is obviously a very unusual. Tough, tough market. Yeah, I think if you if you surveyed that in 2019, it wouldn't be, you know, 43%, it may be 25%, but it does go to the, the fact of, you know, planning-wise, making sure you're getting into a degree that you understand, do you have to get a grad degree in it? What is the hiring rate? What are the you know projections for it? Making sure you get a degree, not just to get a degree, but something that's going to pay off. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for the folks that graduated this past year, obviously it was a tough, very, very unusual year. You know, so hang in there. You, you, I think working a job is the right decision. Go get some experience somewhere doing something. And then just transition, take your time and find the right job, the right fit that does use your degree. Um, so, but yeah, make sure you get an effective education, something that, that can get you a job when you get out um, in due time. But, you know, this year is just a tough year. You just got to make ends meet and mm-hmm. make things work until you, until you find that right fit. But interesting fact of the week. All right. And that leads us up here to our topic. And that is, um, you know, how do the policies that that Biden are gonna, is going to implement this year, are going to try to implement, how might those affect your money? You know, is there anything you should be doing to position yourself for, you know, the coming administration that's that's now in, in place? Yeah, this is from the Ramsey organization. And again, this is not a political discussion. So whether you're, you know, happy about the new administration or upset about it, um, we've got to look at the policies that are out there. How, how could they change? Um, and more importantly, how can they affect you? So we're going to dig into it. But uh, we're going to put some perspective on a couple of things. Um, you know, the media is generally too quick, and, and Americans in general are too quick to give the president of uh, the United States too much credit for change um, that person can bring about. I mean, our government was created with a pretty, pretty cool system, uh, checks and balances. It requires a lot of teamwork uh, to get things done. And, um, y- you know, when you look at the stock market, Steve, there's hundreds of factors that impact it. Now, politics is one, but it's not the majority of it. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's it's complicated. Things aren't as simple as people like to try to make them in their mind, you know, that, you know, one that all of a sudden change is going to come about and it's going to dramatically change, you know, their situation. Um, it doesn't really work that way, particularly in politics. Um, but knowing all that, I mean, it's still important to be aware of the changes that could come, you know, and that way you can take advantage of any benefits that may be out there coming your way or plan for, you know, any potential hits that may be out there. So we'll dig into some of the details of the uh, of a few of the proposals that the Biden campaign has on their agenda to put in effect, you know, um, and, and if, in fact, it does come to pass. Um, you know, we won't try to hash out whether or not they're right or wrong for the country. There's plenty of people that are doing that, you know, in the political world. Um, we're going to focus really on your finances and how this affects you. And is there anything you can do to prepare for, for what may be coming down the pipe? Yeah, one of the big proposals, Steve, was um, the, the plans for student loan forgiveness. And it's no secret. I mean, $1.5 trillion is a crisis, um, student loan crisis. And it's a, bur- sure. a huge burden for millions of Americans. And Certainly, the COVID uh, pandemic didn't do anything to help that. So Biden, along with several several other presidential hopefuls, they campaigned on promises of student loan forgiveness. And since he's elected, um, he's repeated his commitment to cancel 
some student loan debt out there and, and no one knows how much um, and when it's going to happen. <clears throat> so obviously it's a mystery right now, but that's something that's on his agenda. Yeah, that he's definitely has vocalized that several times throughout the campaign and, and it's on his official, I think, website. Um, so we all know about his proposal in general, <clears throat> that it was it was in there. Um, and, and he was a big fan of some legislation that was passed by the House earlier this year that proposed or last year that proposed a $10,000 per borrower student loan forgiveness as part of the coronavirus relief bill. Um, but the bill wasn't supported by the Republican-controlled Senate, and some Democratic leaders are pushing for Biden to um, cancel as much as $50,000 per borrower um, and to go around Congress by writing executive orders to get that done. But, you know, not everybody agrees that the president has that power to do it. And, of course, the Supreme Court would have the final say in that, and it would probably be challenged all the way up to the Supreme Court. So you you have those dynamics that make this complicated. But, uh, you know, those are kind of that's kind of the range of possibilities that are on the table. Yeah, Stephen, you know, the fact is, is the government, they, they already have student loan forgiveness programs, and um, none of them are really that good at forgiving loans. Uh, the one that most people are familiar with is the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. You have to work full-time for the government or a non-religious uh, nonprofit. Uh, you must be on an income-driven payment plan, and you have to prove that you've made all your student loan payments on time for 10 years. And here are the facts. I mean, as of September of 2020, only about 3,500 people out of 230 applications had their loans forgiven through the program. It's only about, it's a little wow. bit over a percent. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's pretty pathetic. So it's not really working it's that not, well, is it? Yeah, I mean, we hear, we see people that come in here with a lot of loans and that's yeah. their goal and so forth. But uh, whether they change jobs or, uh, you know, it's, it's just not, that that's not working. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, I don't know how long it's been around. That's another question because it does take 10 years for you to it qualify does. for the forgiveness so maybe it hasn't been around long enough, maybe to really do, potentially. But I, I have run, a, I have met several people that mm -hmm. were going through that process of yeah. working in the right job and supposedly going to have, you know, some big loans forgiven, but uh, haven't seen anybody actually do it yet. So <laughs> there you go. But yeah, our advice though is, you know, you've got two good reasons not to rely on the government to solve your student loan debt problem. Um, you know, one, I mean, there's no way to know if Biden's student loan debt forgiveness proposal, um, you know, whatever ends up being will actually become a reality. Um, because it's a lot harder, mm -hmm. as we know, to get things done in Washington than it seems. <clears throat> yep. You know, I mean, they, they all have big talk during campaigns, but when it comes time to getting it done, you have a lot of forces against you. You know, you have, <clears throat> you know, you, you just have, uh, uh, it takes 60 votes to, to get things through the Senate usually. And now, in fact, you know, just to, to, to expound on that a little bit, the Senate is actually has dual control. It's not totally in the Democrats' hands. Mm -hmm. They're under a, the 2002, I think, rule of, of split 50-50 control. So McConnell does have a lot more control than a normal. And, and one of the things they're negotiating right now is whether or not they'll, whether or not they, they, he's going to, they're going to they're going to be required to keep the 60 vote majority hmm. rule in place the filibuster rule as they right, call it right. <clears throat> so it's not as simple as them just having full control and then second you know even if it does i mean there's no way to know what the requirements will be or if the plan will be effective um you know i mean <clears throat> you know and so you know what's effective i mean 
you have the right plan to tackle your student loan debt. You just follow the baby steps, maybe refi the debt. You pay it down the hard way. But, you know, just be careful about what you take out. You know, don't overload yourself with student loan debt. You know, unless it's it's you know you can pay it back. Yeah. So student loan forgiveness is is a big topic. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's probably going to take a little while for the details to come out on that. But as you mentioned, uh, get signed up with one of Dave's FPU classes. Uh, great process to follow to get out of debt. Another thing that's uh, on a lot of people's minds is income taxes, Steve. And um, you know, as president, Biden hopes to make a lot of changes to the tax system with an overall goal of making it more progressive. And progressive basically means the more you make, the more you pay in taxes as a percentage of your income. So it's progressive right now, but he's talking about it making it more progressive, basically. Right, yes. Right, so according to the Tax Policy Center, Biden's plan would raise about $2.4 trillion over the next 10 years. And if his plans do take into effect, probably it it would be 2022, probably not 2021, Right, as most people think. So here's kind of the the breakdown. Uh, households making between fifty and ninety thousand, they would actually get a pretty significant tax cut up of close to sixty seven hundred dollars, right? Right. It's a pretty big, pretty big decrease. So it's going to be a nice decrease for most people. For a lot of folks, that's right. Yeah. And higher income households um, would be hit uh, with an average uh, increase of about ninety eight thousand. So that's if you make between three thirty and seven ninety. Aren't too many people, you know, in that category. So it just goes to show you. I mean, that's. That's way up there, you know, yeah. I mean, in the income level. And then the top 1% or 790, 790,000 or more would pay an average of 265,000. So, Steve, I think this is really talking about like NFL players and pro golfers and, and uh, go, the man. Hollywood elites and that, so forth. So that's right, for man. most people, for most of us, it's not going to impact us, right? It's going to, it's going to, you know, there may be some opportunities buried in these that are going to impact you. If you have kids, we'll go through that in a minute, but it's going to help you. Yeah, right. It's really only going to impact the high, as far as negatively, it's going to impact the high income earners that are really over 400,000. That, when we dig down into it in a minute here, you'll see that. Um, But, you know, I mean, many of his proposals, proposed changes are aimed at families. So a lot of the single people and couples without kids, lower income, middle income ranges, they won't see all the benefits of those changes. Um, they're, They're really aimed at at families. The first one, though, is the child tax credit. You know, for example, he would increase the child tax credit. So for a family with three children, say ages 12, 8, and 5, for example, with an income of $75,000 a year, the current tax credit would be $6,000, $2,000 per child. Mm -hmm. Um, And even with the weird math, though, I mean, they could get a refund for that full amount. So it can it can come out to it's fully refundable. Um, as well. So if you didn't pay in that much in taxes, you actually can get money back under that system. Under Biden's proposal, that would go up to $9,600 and be fully refundable. So um, that's a big yeah, number. That's a big jump, you know, from 6000 to 9000 So So per child, yep. go, it's going up to like $3,200 per child is kind of what they're for the child tax credit. So that's a big deal for, for families with lower income. Yeah, here's another one that's um, a, a big benefit for, for folks with um, young children. And if you have dependent um, care as well, like daycare expenses. So in real life, um, you know, a family paying 30000 a year for daycare for two kids would see their child and dependent uh, care tax credit go from 6000 all the way up to $15,000. I mean, Whoa, it's a, a massive jump. So It's a massive handout, really, yeah, for child tax credit. Yeah, no uh, doubt. So I'm sure it's going to be, in, um, I guess it's a family paying, um, well, they didn't talk about the income 
uh, you know, yeah, they depending on income on just, that. But. It's ba- there is an income limit, I <laughs> yeah. think, to it. But the bottom line is they're saying basically they would pay 50% half of, it, yeah. half of your child tax daycare for two kids up to 15000 Yeah, here's another interesting first-time homebuyer's tax credit. Uh, Biden would bring back the, the uh, tax credit being known as the first down payment tax credit. It was created back in the Great Recession to encourage people to buy homes again. Under his plan, qualifying first-time homebuyers would receive a tax credit of up to 15000 when they purchased a home. So uh, bringing that back from uh, from the recession. Yeah, that's that's, years ago. that's a huge uh, yeah huge tax credit. So that would really encourage folks to get into the house for the first time. Yeah, on the other side of these tax benefits are tax hikes. You know, for the higher income folks, as we mentioned before, and you know they're aimed at re- the really high income earners. So for tax rates for households making more than four hundred thousand dollars, so this only affects you if you make over four hundred thousand. You would increase the top bracket from 37% to 39.6. So it would go back to the old bracket. Mm-hmm. 39.6 is the top bracket under his rules. So 2.6% increase. Um, and households that make more than a million dollars, now this is a really big deal for those really super wealthy households. This is the Le- LeBron James type people you're talking about, John. Mm-hmm. You know, their long term capital gains. Uh, I think and also qualify dividends uh, that they owe on on gains that would go up from from what's now a 20 percent rate up to ordinary income, which would be thirty nine point six. So it pretty much would double, double right. the tax on long term gains. So for high income earners, that would be a really huge jump and a big deal. Yeah. The other thing that they're talking about changing is the estate tax rate and um, the exemption would go back to 2009 levels. Again, this doesn't affect most of us, but um, you know, for a, a, a joint um, a family, um, you would have a seven million dollar deduction. Um, right now, it's twenty three million, so it'd be a pretty a big decrease twenty three million down to seven million, um, and it would be taxed at a higher rate. So that would lower that threshold quite a bit. Again, impacting folks that are super wealthy. And uh, the other uh, impact is a twenty eight percent cap on a tax benefit of itemized deductions for those who make, again, more than 400. So that 400 is kind of a key level, and uh, it would basically keep some folks from getting the, the full advantage of all the tax deductions they qualify for. So someone gives to charity and they're in the 39.6% bracket, they're not going to get that credit. They'll get the 28%. So they'll get a little over half of the benefits yes, from right. their deductions. So, yeah, that's uh, – yeah, it's, it's – for high-income folks, you know, these would be a really big deal for – for sort of the average person, you're actually going to see a cut yeah, in taxes. Right. So, um, so yeah. So anyway, so I mean, anyway, our advice, of course, is to uh, you know take advantage of the deductions that you qualify for. I mean, really, I mean, nobody should pay more income tax than you have to. But keep in mind that these increased credits, you know, could result in a larger <coughs> refund for some folks. So I mean, it really depends on where you fall in this. So um, you just have to look at the details, but don't assume that he's proposing tax increases on everybody because it's, right. it's only for that really high income folks. All right, well, we're going to take a break on this this topic and we're going to jump into our question of the week. Yeah, the question has to do with um, doing taxes and is there an advantage to using a CPA versus a tax preparing software uh, when I'm doing my taxes this year? And it's a great question. Uh, we know a lot of folks that that do taxes by themselves, but also equally folks that use a CPA. And quite frankly, you know, going through, I mean, it seems like tax laws change every single year. So 
you know, I think using a CPA brings great benefit. If they can do some planning for you and incorporate some opportunities into your situation, they can save you money, right? Um, versus going through a, a software. Right. Might ask you some questions, but being able to, you know, have a dialogue with a CPA would, you know, in a relationship um, would would benefit, you know, a lot of people out there. Some people like doing, you know, TurboTax or TaxSlayer or whatever. There's a lot of different options. But There are. There are. Nothing wrong with doing it yourself, for sure. But, yeah, if you have a more complicated situation, you know, it it uh, sometimes can be a little overwhelming to try to do that in TurboTax. So, you know, if you have trust, if you have trust income and, and things like that that are more complicated or business income, um, you know, and you, you may not be aware of all the, you know, 179 deductions and things that you can take with businesses. Um, so it might be well worth your time to go see a CPA, you know, if you have anything complicated. Mm-hmm. And particularly if you're just not good with numbers and you just don't really enjoy it, you know, because then you're more prone to make yeah. a mistake. Yeah. I mean, we get lots of people that call us every year and say, hey, I got this letter from the IRS. And it's saying that, I oh, you know, $5,000 because I didn't report something. And mm-hmm. we look at it and sure enough, you know, didn't. They didn't report any of their capital gain distributions, yeah. you know. I mean, that, that happens all the time. So if it's something you're not keenly you know, attuned to. Yeah. Get a CPA. Get a, get some help. <laughs> yeah. Get some help. So good question of the week though. All right. And then our, our uh, continued topic here about um, Biden's plans for your finances and how it may, may affect you. Um, uh, we're going to talk next about his plans for social security and retirement accounts, John, because there are some plans for that. And you know, these, these would make a difference if they're implemented. Um, and you know, it's a given that any incoming president, they're going to have some plans to change some Social Security and and, and 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 retirement accounts. And Biden's no different. I mean, he's also proposing some tweaks to 401k plans. So we'll walk you through those too. You know, but if you don't remember, I mean, anything else from what we're about to cover, remember this. I mean, don't let a change in leadership in the White House cause you to make a huge mistake with your retirement savings plan. I mean, you're going to hear all sorts of predictions about the economy and the stock market and how it's going to react to the Biden administration's next year. And none of it's going to sound hopeful, potentially. You know, a lot of people are going to be negative on it. But here's the truth. I mean, the stock market has done well, and it's done poorly in both types of administrations and presidents. You know, and the same goes for the overall economy. The person sitting in the Oval Office has really nothing to do with your retirement plan in general. I mean, and that's right. You know, it's up to you. So keep contributing to your 401k, your IRA, your Roth IRA. Do not cash them out just in case um, type situation. You know, a four-year presidential term is really just a blip on the screen for your long-term, you know, success as an investor. So stay invested. Don't overreact to what's going on in Washington. Yeah, that's important. We, we talk about not making decisions based on headlines, and that is so key. So now that we have that out of the way, um, let's look a little bit at the Social Security and what Biden's plans are. Um, I mean, Social Security is definitely in trouble. So is Medicare, for that matter. Uh, the trust funds that support the program, they're expected to run out of money in about 15 years. And if that happens, beneficiaries would only receive about 80% of what they're owed. So Biden wants to fix that and, and throw in a couple extra, too. So the first thing he wants to change is the minimum benefit. So the average monthly Social Security benefits about $1,400 a month, but not everybody receives that much. So, you know, A lot of times people receive much less than that. So under Biden's proposal, Social Security beneficiaries who have worked at least 30 years would receive a minimum yearly benefit of about $1,300 a month for a single person. So again, average is 1400 
a lot of people make less than that, but it would bring up the if people making less than that up to 1300 basically. Yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty big deal, you yeah. know. That's that'd be a, a a big boost for no lower income folks. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. So, and then you know another thing he's proposing is increased benefit for older beneficiaries. He wants to boost the beneficiaries' benefit once they've uh, they've received Social Security for at least twenty years, so long term retirees can keep more of their savings. Um, you know, he hasn't mentioned exactly how much it would increase, but you know, that's just something I guess that's in the plan that mm-hmm. hasn't really been specified how much it would increase. So 20 years in, you know, give you a bump up. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then also for allowing surviving spouses to keep more benefits, you know, for a couple receiving social security benefits, if one spouse dies, the benefit is usually cut in half because you lose that, that, that spouse's benefit that passed away. So Biden's proposal would allow the surviving spouse to keep a larger portion of the benefits, ultimately increasing their benefit by up to 20 percent. I mean, as it is now, if somebody passes away, you get the surviving spouse gets the higher benefit of the two. Um, So he's proposing that not only would you get the higher benefit of the two, but you'd also get some more on top of that. 20 percent bump, yeah. Yeah. And of course, that's not all free, right? So they're going to taxes are going to pay for that. So one of the proposals is. He would impose a 12.4% Social Security payroll tax on in earned income above 400000 There's that, that number again. That would be split between the employer and the employee. And currently, there's no payroll tax for income above about 140000 I believe it is, for 2021. And, and for now, people earning between 142 and 400 wouldn't be taxed. So again, that 400 level above that would have yeah. that you know significant uh, increase in Social Security. So the advice again from us and, and the Ramsey organization is is don't rely on Social Security to get you through retirement. I mean, you've got to plan and invest as if it doesn't exist um, because it might not or it might be reduced from what they're telling you. So you can do a much better job of building wealth through your tax advantage retirement savings plan than the government ever could. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever said Social Security is a a great deal when you put money in. You typically right. don't get everything out uh, versus having put it into a Roth IRA or you know, a matched 401k yeah, it as well. It doesn't grow That's right. like you would in a Roth or something. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of retirement plans, Biden has also um, has a couple changes for retirement plans. He's proposing a flat tax credit instead of the current uh, tax deduction for contributions to 401ks. Um, so right now, the contributions you make to your 401k are tax deductible. Um, so someone making a larger income receives a bigger deduction than someone making a smaller income. For example, I mean, a person who makes $600,000 um, is in a 37% tax bracket, and they get a $370 deduction for every $1,000 they contribute to their 401k, whereas somebody making $60,000 in a 22% bracket um, would only get a $220 deduction for every $1,000. He's proposing to 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 level that out somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so the details haven't come out on that. But, um, you know, Dave's Dave's advice, and again, we, we agree with, is you invest for retirement because of long-term results. Um, you know, if you get in a match, you know, if you put in a Roth IRA, you get tax, you know, you pay no tax when you pull it out. So, I think the the takeaway from this is, you know, certainly tune into us in the future as as we see, you know, specific um, laws in place. We'll we'll disseminate it here on the on the podcast. Um, CPAs, 
certainly will be in tune to this as well. You basically have to take advantage of what's out there from a, a law standpoint, right? I mean, so right. as Biden's information comes out, figure out how it's going to impact you, make adjustments, make changes, um, and uh, you know, focus on what you can control, right? Emergency exactly. funds, debt management, saving for retirement. And uh, Dave's process is a great process. If you haven't linked up with the FPU class, um, go check out uh, DaveRamsey.com. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you can't control these things. You know, it's going to be positive for for most people, for most income brackets, only for really high income earners that really have to be concerned. If you make over $400,000, that's where the increase, the tax increases are going to hit you. So, you know, our advice, like you said, is just not to worry about that. Focus on your long term. Keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, you never know what's going to come out of Congress when it's all said and done. So don't put too much stock in things that have been talked about, you know, with proposals, but stick to your plan and we'll see what happens. All right. And that leads up to our final thing. And that is the prescription of the week. Yeah. So obviously COVID has wrecked the economy. There's certain sectors that have done exceptionally well and others that have done very, very poorly. So if you're unemployed or looking for additional income, consider maybe delivering groceries for Uber Eats um, or other food delivery companies. You know, the gig economy is... It's alive and well. It's booming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at Amazon. I mean, gosh, I don't know about you, but we, we know our M, our UPS driver oh my uh, goodness. You know, pretty well because it's just easy. And so there's a lot of deliveries happening with, with Amazon and, you know, Walmarts and so forth. So that is a potential opportunity. If you have a car, you have a good driving record, then that's something to consider. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of opportunities out there with all kind of driving type of, of things. And, and pretty much anybody can do that, right? I mean, all you got to have is just some kind of reliable car. And um, so, yeah, if you don't have a job, you don't have a good job, you want some extra income, get out there, get involved in the gig economy, control your own hours. And, you know, you're able to go out there and make some extra money. It's a mm-hmm. great way to do it. So lots of lots of opportunities in there. A good prescription of the week. All right, and that brings us to a close for this week's edition for MoneyMD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net, or give us a call with any questions you have at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Gang Associates, a registered investment advisor.